Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Megan Gilger, and welcome to the Fresh Exchange Podcast. today because we have another episode of our garden tour interviews and it is always exciting to me to sit down and discuss both gardening and life and all the things with various people, especially in this time where we just don't get as much time with people as we were before. So it feels so fun to connect with different people that I don't get to in my day-to-day life necessarily. Today we have Kelsey Johnston of My Simply Simple. She lives in rural Indiana with her husband and her daughter, Marin. Kelsey is such an amazing wealth of information. She has a a beautiful modern farmhouse that she actually moved in, I think like six months before we moved into our house. So it was so fun to follow her through her process of building a modern farmhouse that was focused on energy efficiency, materials, and things like that. And she did such a beautiful job, her and her husband, on building their home and things they thought through. We talk about that today, but they also grow their own food and have such a great garden. She is just like me in the sense that she's just kind of grown up with it and then has pursued it over time. But we talk about, you know, some of the things about living a rural life and the differences from moving from city life to rural life and what to know the realities of it, all sorts of things. Because one of the questions that I know I get asked is what is it like to live where you do? And it's a big question, especially with so many people leaving large cities and coming to rural areas because of COVID and how it shifted the workplace and how so many people are working remote now. People can see that this is more of a reality that they thought wasn't something they might be able to pursue right away. So we sat down and talked about that as well. But if you would love to see Kelsey's 
gorgeous garden that she just does such an amazing job with every year. You can head to our blog today and see her garden tour right on the homepage. You can also see her home if you follow along on her Instagram. You can also learn about all sorts of eco-friendly tips and ways that she does living eco life. Let's jump into this convo with her today. She is so fun and just such a beautiful soul. So let's head in. I I just want to jump in because what I love is I think a lot of people follow both of us because we have a very similar aesthetic and then we have, we both have gardens. We have a similar sort of lifestyle, I feel like. So, and we're both moms now. And I just, I, I think there's a lot of similarities, but I think there's also a lot of great differences. And that's kind of what I want to talk about too, because I, we have different approaches to our garden and I always value how beautifully minimalist you are. I wish I could be like that. But as you said in that post, you worded it so well. It's like who you are, you know, like that's what you are really good at. And for better or worse, we all have those things, right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So I, I think people are going to enjoy this because to hear your approach versus even some of my own things. And then we can kind of bounce back and forth with each other on this. I think it'll be really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Great. So if, if people don't know, you live on 10 or you live on eight and a half acres, right? Yes. Yes. I ha- I said 10 acres in our thing, but it's actually eight and a half and you're in rural Indiana. Can you give us like a proximity? You don't have to give us exact town, obviously, but for privacy, but. Yeah, we live in East Central Indiana. So basically if you take Indianapolis and go straight East to the middle of nowhere, that's, that's where we live. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I actually spent about seven years of my life living on the southern border of Michigan in a small town called Coldwater. Also went to college in Kentucky. So I have a lot of experience driving through Indiana in Indianapolis of all places. Yeah, it it pretty much looks the same no matter kind of where you are (laughs) in the state. So how'd you guys get to where you are? Like what kind of landed you in this exact location, buying your piece of land and making the decisions that you did to live a simpler life in some way. Yeah. Tyler and I actually grew up in the same small town in Indiana. We were both really eager to step away from that life and, and live in the city after college. We bought the cutest little bungalow um, near downtown Indianapolis shortly after college and put some serious love into that house. I feel like that's where we really kind of (laughs) got a lot of our roots into a lot of DIY and a lot of making stuff ourselves. And, um, then in gosh, the fall of 2013, I guess we got married a year later, Tyler changed jobs. And about six months after that, he took on a new position that had him driving an hour and a half each way every single day. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So that was horrible. (laughs) Yeah, I was, um, still working full time at my corporate job in Indianapolis. So we started hunting for some place that was going to be a nice halfway point for the both of us. Um, of course, go figure. Also landing us smack dab in the middle of rural Indiana, not far from where we grew up. Funny how you kind of come full circle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we were actually, we, we briefly considered a move out to the West coast around the same time. Um, uh-huh. my sisters live in Northern California okay. and we, we love it out there. Um, it's beautiful, 
so different <laughs> than <laughs> everything that I've ever known in Indiana. And, um, you know, gosh, looking back on it all, it was a huge turning point in our life. We, we had achieved so, so much success and so many kind of the, the textbook things at such young ages and had the opportunity to pursue whatever we wanted. It was just the two of us. And mm. honestly, moving back to rural Indiana, I mean, on paper, it looked like this giant step backwards. Like, what, mm-hmm. why in the world would we do that? Um, and it wasn't like we had just been dreaming of moving back or something. It just yeah. kind of, it, things just started falling into place and we always wanted a bit more space than we had, you know, in our little, like close to downtown, tiny little lot. It's not like we were just begging to have this farm or or something like that, (laughs) but it's just, it's so interesting looking back on it and how the moment we decided to kind of pursue this, I don't know, this path less traveled or something that everything just started to fall into place. I mean, that's not to say that it was always easier sunshine and rainbows, but I never once questioned that we were on the right path. And we actually stumbled upon this eight and a half acre plot put up for sale by an older couple that had bought it 10 or 15 years prior with plans to build, but never did. And the the rest is history. Just (laughs) crazy how things work out sometimes. Here you are. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Some people may not know, but you guys built a house that is you're both engineers, right? By trade. Like, <laughs> so right? I'm an engineer. Tyler is actually, um, he's even more exciting. He has his <laughs> master's in accounting. He's a CPA. Oh, so he, we are yes. like, we are super nerdy math people. <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys are like the exact opposite of Mike and I. It's so funny. <laughs> like, and we're both designers, creatives, like it's that by trade. We both have art degrees. So <laughs> um, yeah. very different. Yeah. that. But your skills in, in mind, how you guys think about things is what I feel like some of the design aspects of your home were related to how you guys perceive the world. And I love that. So kind of talk through that because I think people would find that really interesting, like how some of those things came to be and what parts of your home are that way. I always say like, I love, I love design. I love Mm-hmm. efficiency. I love organization and routines and figuring mm-hmm. out how to make the most of the space. And Tyler loves like the business and the finances and working That's with amazing. his hands and figuring out how to like turn my ideas into, into something tangible. So I always say like my mind never stops working. Like my not, I'm just always up in my head. I'm always thinking uh-huh. it never stops and he can't sit still. So it, <laughs> it works perfect. out so well. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Like, I guess one of the things that I was specifically thinking about with your home is how you guys use, utilize the sun to kind of minimize the amount of heat that you needed in your home. You know, like you have that, I'm not going to say it right, but the big shutter, right? Yes. Yes. And, and it can cover the windows, you can close it. And I just think that that's amazing. Like those sorts of thoughts about things are so um, incredible and things to think about when we're talking about like eco and we're talking about building homes and designing like the modern 
the new modern farmhouse, you know, modern farmhouse is like one concept, but I feel like there's like this newer modern farmhouse concept that kind of takes that Scandinavian approach, mixes it with the environmental needs and utilizing space properly, mm-hmm. as well as like accommodating a life of seasons and food yeah. and cooking and life. Absolutely. And I, the way I always think about it too is I feel like when so many people talk about energy efficiency, I mean, it can get so technical and so complicated. Um, there's, there's so many solutions out there today and you can get down to some nitty gritty details, but at the end of the day, energy efficiency can be very simple, both in its design, but in its function. If you just, if you go back to the basics, I thought it was so interesting. We, we worked with an architect to um, design our home and he actually came out to the property uh, just to kind of walk around with us and, mm-hmm. you know, talk about ideas and whatnot. And he drew, he instantly started talking and drawing inspiration from um, the, the landscape around here. Mm-hmm. What, what is everywhere in the middle of nowhere, Indiana? their barns yeah. and, you know, the, the original, the farmers, the, we have a lot of Amish kind of around mm-hmm. this area too. All of them, they're very smart. You know, you don't need all of these systems back in the day when you didn't even mm-hmm. have electricity. So they oriented their buildings to take the, you know, to, you know, shade themselves from the, the extreme heat of the day, but then, you know, try to capture as much of that sunshine and everything that mother nature is already putting out there. Don't, don't work again against it, work with it and try to figure out how you can, you know, as efficiently do that as possible. And then it was such Mm -hmm. an interesting concept. And of course, then Tyler always calls it Kelsey going on rabbit holes. Like I just, I was so (laughs) just enamored with all these concepts and just went like full bore down this passive um, house concept of the passive solar oh, and how so can cool. we incorporate that with next to no money? <laughs> yeah, I know. Cause we're, we're kind of at this place where we're like, can, when we built the home and you guys built around the same time, I think mm-hmm. you finished before us, we moved in at the end of 2017. And uh, we were, uh, spring of 2017. Yeah. Yeah. I thought we were just off by a few months. I remember following each other. And one of the things that we were trying to figure out was like, can we do solar? And then it was one, it wasn't in the budget, but ne- the, it was also super expensive, yes. but it's come down in price. And so we had designed our home to eventually ha- offer us that option. Mm-hmm. So, and now that it's becoming a little more affordable, we're starting to question like, when is the right time and to move that way? Cause you're like us, like you're, you have a lot of exposure to sunlight all day. Yes. And, and we kind of took some of those concepts like your architect discussed and you know, how we have our house oriented. It is similar kind of where it faces South to North. And then all the wind comes from the West off the lake, like Southwest and West. Mm-hmm. And so we have all these windows that open up and that we can directionalize. So in the summer, we can, even though we're sitting on a hill and we're really exposed, we can direct our windows so that it gets a certain amount of airflow across the whole house and through the whole house. So we don't have to use as much air conditioning. And it's only on really, really hot nights that we do really in the summer. And then we also have a white house because it reflects the sun. And then in the summer or in the winter, how everything's oriented, we're protected on the north side. So we don't get as much north wind into the house 
which makes it a lot more energy efficient too, even from that. And we get tons of, we have so many windows on our south south and west side that we get so much sunlight throughout the day. So it actually cool or heats the house in the day. It's, It's crazy like that you can just situate your house just slightly and take advantage of certain things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's such a little thing, but it makes a huge difference. It does. Yeah. So anyways, we had to just discuss homes the whole time, but I feel like we probably could um, because we both have like kind of thought through some of these things, which is awesome. So I do want to know, like living this life, like what has surprised you? Like, you know, about kind of living in a rural area. I think a lot of people, particularly during COVID, have been thinking about this. And I get this question a lot, like, what is it like to live outside a city and to not have as many amenities? And like, what have you learned? What have you, you know, what has surprised you, I guess, the most in this process? I think that's my question. I I get a lot of the same questions uh, (laughs) all the time on Instagram or or people that, you know, they're like, we're thinking about moving to Indiana. What's it like? And it's, oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) There, there are so many things that I love about where we live, but there, there are so many realities as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always say one of the biggest things, and you know, this may not be important to a lot of people, but um, is access to good food. It's a huge reason mm-hmm. why we actually have a garden. It's, it's not that our local grocery store, you know, doesn't have produce and whatnot, but um, I, I cook. I love to cook. So that that's great Mm -hmm. for us. But, um, if we wanted to go out to a restaurant, first of all, we really have next to nothing close by. And second of all, the, your option is fast food. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, your access to those really cool restaurants and all that stuff. It just, and where we live, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't exist. I, that's one of the things I think you guys are so lucky to have up yes. in the Traverse City area because you have such great chefs and like oh, that literally just that does not exist here. <laughs> I know. I feel lucky. Our friends just opened Farm Club and which is like this basically like they have 20 acres and then they have another farm, which is one of the top, one of the top farms. There's so many amazing farms up here. I can't even go into it all. We're going to have them on the podcast, but basically it's incredible. And I was like, this is like five, 10 minutes from our house. And like, we get to go from them. We have a winter rations club and they give us soup. Like it's like soup, amazing wild yeast beer and a loaf of sourdough bread. That's like, like last week it was like masa bread. And it's it's all coming out of their fields and it's, it's incredible and crazy. And I feel incredibly lucky. So I get that, like how that can feel so isolating because especially if you're in areas that are like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we don't even have like a good pizza place. Yeah. Like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, it's that's a big thing. Yeah. Would be a huge tradition. It, it would be if I also hadn't grown up kind of in the middle of the nowhere and like my mom, my mom's a great cook and my dad mm-hmm. always had a garden. And so like, I'm very used to, you know, kind oh, of creating that. our own meals and, you know, creating yeah. the, the, the food that I like to eat. But if, if you really want access to be able to go somewhere and get that, that's a huge reality for somebody moving someplace like this. So, yeah. um, but then not only the food, just your proximity to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we live actually much closer to things now than I did growing up, but even still like 
I mean, to get to the grocery store takes me at least 20 minutes one way, Mm -hmm. which I know in a big city traffic, it could take you that too. But I mean, I'm driving 50, 60 miles per hour on like a highway, you know, (laughs) (laughs) to go get just a gallon of milk or, or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, and just go to a hardware store, just the, the distances, I mean, the quiet and the isolation is what I love, but it's also, it's not always the most convenient. Yes. I, I totally tell people that because, and one of the things we really have had to learn is that things just take time to get, like, you just don't, get things like you make a, you spend a week building a list. You just have to learn how to adapt to that, that things yes. just take longer that, cause I remember when we lived in a city like Raleigh, like you had two hour delivery, like, yeah. you know, and it's like, oh, I need this. And it just shows up at your door and it, yeah. it that's, or even you order takeout and it shows up at your door. Like those aren't options. Like, no, <laughs> so, no. But I think that maybe you would say differently, but I have learned to love that because it makes me value those things so much more. 100%. I, I always say like, you know, we, I don't, I don't like clutter (laughs) anyway, but, um, all of the, it's like all of these things, it's, it's all incremental over time, but it's, I value so much of what I do bring into my house, not just because of the way I (laughs) use it, but the effort it takes to actually get it. And it just, all, all of it just, accumulates over time, but therefore makes me value that purchase and what I do have in my home so much more. So it's worth it to me to wait and to save and to, to mm-hmm. figure out what the perfect piece is going to be. Because also if I don't want it, the act of getting rid of it is enormous too. You know, <laughs> yes, I can't, <laughs> I, I, you know, you, you talk about Amazon. I would, that's actually a huge thing too. I mean, you may not mm-hmm. think about it, but I mean, where we live, we don't have a recycling service. So we have to collect all of our recycling and I have to drive it 20, 30 minutes away Same here. every, you know, whenever to go drop it off. Like mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's just all of these things that you it's just a Saturday afternoon project. Exactly. <laughs> it's not like an easy thing. So you're constantly thinking of like, how can I make the most use out of whatever I have? Mm-hmm. And like even with clothes with the kids, like that's why I learned to sew is because it's like, well, I can, or mending their clothes or things like that, because it just takes so much effort. And then it's the packaging material that comes and having to deal with that. And it's, it's a lot. So if you can make the most out of what you already have or what's in your own community, when you make the effort to get in there, it's great. So it's definitely a learning curve but I think a good one. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Um, I would love to hear about motherhood for you and how you kind of, how that all is connected into this bigger picture of where you are now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was just Tyler and I for a really long time. Um, (laughs) and he loved our independence and the life we had (laughs) built. Uh, you know, I've I've said it a million times, but I am an extremely organized and routine person and not just in the sense that I like it but that I have to have it to function and truth be told I was terrified of what having a baby would do to my mental state Mm -hmm. I you know it had just everything in life had been on my terms my whole life like and even getting married, it was like, yeah, but Tyler can take care of himself. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't need me like a child. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) they literally can't survive unless I'm like taking care of them. Mm -hmm. I I don't even know what that means. And 
Um, plus out on top of that, I'm the youngest of five kids by mm-hmm. a whole heck of a lot. I was an oopsie baby. Um, <laughs> none of my siblings have had kids. Hardly oh. anyone in my family has had kids. Um, I'm not sure what that says about my family. All <laughs> 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 um, that to say, like, I had never even held a child until they laid Marin on my chest when she was oh. born. Um, talk about a whirlwind. It was yeah. oh the craziest goodness. thing. And we, so we welcomed our little girl in July of 2019. And okay. it has been the wildest ride of my life. Um, it, I don't even know. It wasn't really even this Tyler. And I always said, um, you know, if, if we ever decided to, or could have kids, we didn't, you know, you never know. Um, if, if that happened, you know, it was kind of more of a, that's great. You know, we'll figure that out. But if we can't, you know, like, that's great too. We we Mm -hmm. were, we were perfectly happy. Um, and then my gosh, she came and the whole world just flipped upside down. <laughs> I'm looking kind of back on, on the whole thing. It's, it's funny. Cause she's, she's taught me a level of contentment that I didn't even know I was missing in mm-hmm. life and that freedom and that independence that I valued so much at the time. Um, was really just a means for me to, to continue striving for more, Mm -hmm. more of everything, more, Mm -hmm. more work, more things, more money. Um, and I didn't even see it that way until she came along and suddenly, you know, I'm, I'm looking at society and I'm looking at life and this whole new lens and I'm seeing where we're just constantly told that the way to be happy is to, to do more, to have more and mm-hmm. to, to be more. And it, it's, it's just not true. Um, yeah. she inspires me in a way that I didn't even know was possible. Not so much to like aspire to be all of these things or do all of these things, but rather that like with her and her dad, I have everything I need. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I, I never would have thought <laughs> those words would be coming out of my mouth. Believe me, I was the like, take on the world. I can do everything girl power kind of <laughs> person. And then suddenly yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, like how little did I know? <laughs> but you're going to be able to bring that to her. And I think that that's such a powerful thing to offer as a mother is that like, especially to a daughter, you know, to know what it's like to also have that sort of strength, you know, as a woman mm-hmm. and to own it and, and also understand that it can shift. And like how that doesn't necessarily dictate that you are any, like any less than, and in fact, you're more so because of that. And like, you're using that power now to be her mother. And yeah. that is, that's huge. I mean, mothering is the most, one of the most important gifts I think we're given as women. If it's some, and mothering doesn't just happen to a child, you know, it it happens in so many different ways. And it's this trait that we have that is so powerful. And to just find that power within it is just incredible. Whatever that story is for you, you know, I, I love that. I love how it just shaped and changed for you. 
And, and she, I can't wait to see her in the garden this year because she's at that awesome age where she is just going to be, she'll be two, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be wild. I can't even (laughs) imagine. Um, she, she was really curious last year. Uh Um, she would, she would just eat all of my cherry tomatoes off of the plant, just like Mm -hmm. pop them in her mouth, like one after another. (laughs) It's like, oh my gosh, this is (laughs) the next year. It's just going to be crazy. So we'll see and how I many. We'll say that because a two is fun because of their curiosity and their ability to observe the world and take it in and everything. But they also like want to eat everything, whether they're supposed to eat it or not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They're very mobile. So you cannot just like set them on a blanket and be like, hi, Yes. <laughs> and like they slowly meander over to something. No, they're like running. Yeah. And, but they don't have that like understanding of the greater world yet. I felt like it got really good with Haze at three. Two was more fun for like summer activities. Mm-hmm. Like it started getting fun then, but the garden still felt a little bit challenging. And he would like dig everything up, but he thought he was helping. Yeah. <laughs> But then three, he was actually like, oh, this is fun. I can play in here. Then I started losing plants because he played in it. But, you know, then there was. I know. (laughs) It's going to be a whole thing. Now that he's, he'll be five actually this weekend. And I have to say, like, it's, that is like four or five is the best because he wanted to design his own garden box this year. Like, oh, wow. you know, and so it takes it to that next level. And he like understands composting. He understands, he like, I mean, he goes out and collects the eggs from the chickens. You know, it's like, he understands how the routines happen now that they've just been so ingrained in life. Yeah. And now it's just like, oh, this is like what we do. And, you know, he jumps on in. So now I feel like it's the really good stuff, right? That's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tyler and I were actually just joking this weekend that, um, so um, the a lot of the land over directly around our mm-hmm. house, we um, it's it's just like open space. Um, we have mm-hmm. like trees way at the back and then at the front, but a lot of it is just open space, and mm-hmm. we let all of it grow natural. It's just full of clover and all kinds of stuff, which is yeah. awesome in the summer. But we let it get really really tall, and then a local cattle farmer comes and bales it usually about oh, twice a year. Um, but I mean, I'm talking, it gets like really tall like above my waist <laughs> tall and I told Tyler I'm like we are gonna have to like put a bell on her yes. she is gonna get lost in there or it's gonna be like searching for ticks every night <laughs> yep the tick check is like very real oh man it's like, that is if people always ask me like what's the best way to avoid ticks I'm like tick checks like yeah. you can spray essential oils on yourself you can do whatever but you just gotta like the whole family does like a strip yeah. check. I mean, we're probably, if you, if somebody <laughs> rolled up to our house in like 5 PM on a summer night, you'd see a half of us naked. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it would be the I weirdest know. thing, <laughs> but it's how you avoid it. And yeah, cause there's no other way to be 100% certain, but yeah, yeah I actually had that same conversation with Mike about Hayes because he, I don't even remember what age it was, but he would start wandering off and he, he didn't speak super well. And so if I called for him, he wouldn't always respond. Mm -hmm. He started like, he would follow the dogs and this was around three years old. And there was one day he, I was working in the garden and I thought he was behind me and the dogs had ran off and he followed them. 
I couldn't find Hayes. He was gone <laughs> for like five minutes and I, it felt like an eternity and I could not find him. And I was, <sighs> I told Mike after that, we have to find some way to do it. He never did it again. Cause he, I think he noticed my panic, Yeah, but it was so frightening. And yeah. So it was also another story of him finding a deer in the woods too, which was hilarious. But anyways, he was about <laughs> Marin's age. And so there, there's always so many interesting things with kids on land. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Well, we actually, um, well, the one side of us is a, a big field, but then the mm-hmm. other side of us is, we, we do have a neighbor um, over there. They're not like too far away. Um, they have, he has a huge garden and my gosh, he, helps us with everything. Um, thank goodness for wonderful neighbors. I would never have survived without him, (laughs) but, um, we always tell Mary now just go over to David's house and just go eat all of his vegetables. And then (laughs) (laughs) there you go. Um, so let's talk about the garden. Like we'll jump into this and probably tie up with all of our garden talk. And then we'll do our like last, like quick fire questions too, which are just kind of fun. But, um, so your garden is, how would you go, you go ahead and describe it. You describe your garden because we're (laughs) going to have it in the post that this is tied to, but, and people can see that, but I want you to talk about your garden. Yeah. I, I think our garden is always changing, always morphing, Mm -hmm. um, whatever I find, but, um, I think my garden style is similar to, um, my style in all parts of life, it's uh, organized and practical mm-hmm. and frugal and a little OCD. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, Which isn't a bad thing. I think a lot of people look at, like, if you looked at our two gardens, they're very different. Yes. But they're both productive. And I yes. think that is something for people to understand. Like, my style might not fit everybody and your style might not fit everybody. And and that is absolutely okay. Like, Absolutely. you got to do what fits for you, for you to want to have fun too, to like feel in control or however you want to put it and to enjoy it and whatever yeah. is like the right thing for you. And I yeah, love that. If, for me, it's not so much that the garden has to be in like these perfect rows and like create mm-hmm. like the best fruit or, or anything like that. It's, it's more about that I can simply enjoy it the yes. most when it, it has boundaries, when it has, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think of it as like controlled chaos. Like that's why yeah. I like raised garden beds so much is because mm-hmm. it creates this, I can, I can experiment. I can let the plants do their thing, but it has structure and it has order and it has mm-hmm. like a, a rhythm to it that, that that's how my mind works, you know, yeah. like just in, in this, <laughs> these little boxes, I guess. Um, but gosh, there are so many ways to garden. And Mm -hmm. I think I I take so much of what I know and the way I do things from my dad, he was always gardening and um, he has raised beds too. And so, Mm -hmm. so much, you know, you just kind of go back to what you, what you've always known. And I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of where it is for me, but I've taken so much um, from what you have done and what I've seen so many others do on Instagram Mm -hmm. and all over the internet. I'm like, Oh gosh, that's a great idea. I'm going to try that. (laughs) You just never know what's, what's going to work well. And even if it works well one year, that doesn't mean it's (laughs) the next year could be completely different. Totally. I say that all the time. Like I, in my recap, I, that's up right now. I, I talk about that. Like I had had such 
success with like a certain variety. And then it just like, I'm switched one thing and it just, I didn't get one fruit from that. You know, it's just like, you know, it's all trial and error and it's all fun and it has to be fun. It has to be play. You can't rely on it too deeply because you never know what's going to happen. Absolutely. That's why I know I could never be a farmer because I would be so stressed out. Yeah. (laughs) There's so much value to farmers because it's like, you guys work magic. Like that is the fact you can produce things consistently that is reliable is incredible. Yeah, it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what sort of, so I guess like, what would you say you find the most enjoyment in when you're putting together, like you're probably planning your garden right now. So you're probably thinking about some of these things that you'll be putting in and doing like from last year, what is something you're taking and putting in to this year's garden, for instance? Um, I did a little bit of, um, a little bit more companion planting last year, but Mm -hmm. I'm putting some serious thought into how I can really kind of scale that out across Mm -hmm raised beds in a way that that makes sense for us so Mm -hmm. I'm trying to put a lot of planning into that and of course I'm always um this time of year is a lot of my my thought into like my crop rotation and um kind of where I think things will do well and of course add on top of that it's (laughs) I think we're going to try to, um, revamp our entire garden. This I was going to ask you if you, cause I'd, I'd seen you mention that you guys <sighs> have been talking about it. It's such yeah. an undertaking. It is such an undertaking. Yeah. So we actually built our raised beds before we even moved into our house. Um, oh, that's cool. In 2017. Yeah. We had, um, legit zero. We had no money to, to, <laughs> to, to, you know, create a garden at the time we had just thrown all of our cash into our house. Oh yeah. And, um, but we didn't want to wait to get a garden going. So we built a solution that we could afford knowing full well that it would have to be updated. We legitimately use cedar fence pickets. So they're like, they were super thin and, Mm. um, but something that we knew could, you know, at least withstand a few years of harsh Indiana weather. And honestly, they have done extremely well given three years old right? Four yeah. years old? Yeah. That's yeah, pretty amazing. Four. And they've, honestly, they could probably survive another year, but we just, we, we've always known we would have to come up and we wanted to come up with a longer term solution. Yeah. So of course right now is a lot of doing that, but of course I have garlic already planted and I want to get <laughs> yeah. things going super early, like especially some of my greens and um, my root vegetables. I really yeah. wanted to get those planted and even like pushing it like mid to late March this year. And of course, then I'm like, well, shoot, if I'm going to have to rebuild my entire garden, I'm going to have to do that in like February. <laughs> like, geez, So it's, it's always something, but, um, what if you, this is such a crazy idea. So totally like, <laughs> but what if you actually built another garden <laughs> that was like the way you wanted it? And then you revamped your other one like later in the season you know what I mean like yeah but you'd have double the space obviously and I don't know if you want that but that's it's so hard though like what do you and how yeah Yeah. it's it's really a struggle it is yeah I 
Well, and of course we have our, we have a watering system that we've built, like, you know, trenched underground to like a particular area. And so I'm trying to be smart about that too. And, oh man, it's just, there's always so many factors. So Mm -hmm. uh, So we'll see. Getting to like, what are you thinking material wise? Because I feel like people Uh, ask that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We, I've thought about a lot of things, but at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, it's still, um, I, I think we'll probably go back to wood. I think we'll use a cedar that's pretty prevalent here. Mm -hmm. Um, but I want to use something much thicker. I want to use probably something at least two inches thick. Um, yeah thicker than that and you just get extremely costly especially for the number of beds that I want to build um let alone your just your cost in compost like yeah it just starts to really get out of hand but I think we'll probably use cedar and I think we're going to do um so right now we have two um four feet by about 18 foot beds and then we have a two foot perimeter bed that goes around the entire mm-hmm. thing. I like um, your design a lot. It feels very like cozy and I don't, I don't know. I just really like it. It's good. Yeah. It, it's, it's worked really well. It, I feel like everything can kind of, you know, mix and I don't know, it kind of creates its own barrier to keep predators out. Although I have to admit, I don't entirely know why I, I always say it's because they have so many other food sources around here, but yeah. I honestly, I don't know why they don't eat my garden, but <laughs> knock on wood, thank goodness they do not. Um, but yeah, I think it's just been, I've always really liked the design too, but we always wanted to expand it. And I was like, well, we could just create Mm -hmm. like another perimeter bed. And then I think we've ditched that because I'm like, well, if we end up, I'm trying to think long-term. Oh yeah. Well, if we want to do chickens, I want the chickens to be Mm -hmm. incorporated with the garden. And then if I want a greenhouse, I want that to be incorporated in the garden. So I'm trying to- (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to create this design that like, even if we- not if we won't be doing all of that, you know, yeah. all at yeah, once, I but I want to be able to that. add on to it. <laughs> yeah. That was definitely one of my number one takeaways is like, don't try to start a new garden and build a chicken coop or palace <laughs> in our, in our case. And <sighs> so it's a lot. Yeah. The chicken coop alone is a lot. And it just, that surprised me so much is like, how much work it takes to build a shed from scratch. Like it took us four months and it's still not done. And, you know, and we spent every single waking single moment we can possibly find to work on that thing. And it's just, yeah, it's a lot of work, but I Especially with two little kids. Oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And thank God for my dad and my mom who gave him up all the time. or else we could never have done that. It it was, I mean, he designed it for us too, which is helpful, but I, I think it's definitely, it's worth it. Like it's so enjoyable to watch those chickens, like sit on your deck and like watch them in the summer, like peck around. I don't know why it's like the best entertainment in the world, but they're definitely worth it. It's just a lot of work (laughs) in that capacity, but I think you guys would do great. You just will want Marin to be older. That's what's the main thing is she can help then and be more a part of the process. Yeah, that's right. I told Tyler, I'm like, I I just probably shouldn't tackle all of this at once. Um, Especially because he is, he is just itching to start on a barn too. And I'm like, Oh my Lord. Like, yeah. I know Mike's trying to sell himself on a barn too. It's like, 
I don't have anything to put in a barn. Like why? (laughs) So I get it, but yeah. Okay. Quick fires. You ready? Ready. (laughs) Okay. The one thing your garden and working with natural things has taught you. Quick. Uh, Work with mother nature, not against her. I like that. Yes. Um, If you had to pick what season steals your heart the most? Fall. Yeah, me too. I feel the same. (laughs) It it feels so cliche, but it's true. (laughs) I know. I love it. It's, it's the best morning coffee or evening drinks. Uh, Evening drink. Yeah. Um, song that you constantly have on repeat right now. (laughs) It can can Um, be really, it can be anything. This is so embarrassing. Um, we, I feel like I need to give just a tiny bit of context. Um, <laughs> and we listen to Pandora like all day long because Marin yeah. loves it. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, she has just clung to the entire country genre. And she is obsessed with that wine, beer, whiskey song by Little Big Town. Oh my gosh. Like every time it comes on, she just like busts a move. Oh my gosh. Like, this is every time I'm like, this is. What kind of parents are we that? <laughs> oh, I'll make you feel better. Hayes's favorite song is this. I never heard this song before. It came on on like in that situation, like on like a playlist or something. I never heard this song before. It's from like the 80s, I think. And it's called um, Baby's Got Her Blue Jeans On. And it has like massive cowbell in it. And it is like <laughs> the most crazy song I have ever heard in rather sexist and I'm like this is my son's favorite song like he dances he asks for it all the time and oh my gosh it cracks me up (laughs) so if it makes you feel any better I'm hoping he'll outgrow it eventually (laughs) (laughs) um best advice for anyone still sitting and thinking they cannot grow anything compost is your best friend yes anything will grow including all the weeds so. Yes. <laughs> and compost is easier than people think. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Mother nature has been doing it for ever. Thanks so much, Kelsey, for coming on today. It was wonderful to chat, wonderful to talk. And if you guys enjoy this podcast, you can, in listening to Kelsey, you can head to the blog post, which is in the show notes today. And you can look and see her beautiful home, her garden, and hear all of the answers to all sorts of other questions that we didn't even touch on today. So I hope you guys loved this, share this with friends. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you loved it today. That means so much to us as we're getting launched here. And next week, we are going to be talking all about seed starting, but not necessarily in the way that you think about seed starting. I have a different take on it, of course, and I'm going to help you connect deeper to nature through growing things at home right now as we finish off the end of winter here and look towards spring. So as always, I will see you out there, friends. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.